right. Actually, I want to be clear. If you if you're white and you've seen all other 17 MCU movies and you haven't seen Black Panther, you're racist. Stay fly, stay fly. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. One, it's your man DJ Seiko Vaughn. I'm in the mix with my man Dan Trez on me. Peace, Aki. How you doing? Aki, peace, man. I'm doing good. Lovely, man. Doing lovely. That's what's up. Uh, Star Armstrong, otherwise known as Clev, or Clever Speaks is what I'm doing. Uh, hopefully, she'll be joining us soon. And tonight, man, I got a chance to see Black Panther twice. Okay. And okay. did you see it yet? I've seen it three times. If you haven't watched Black Panther and you're black, your black card will be revoked by Friday afternoon. <laughs> and if you're white, if you're white and you've seen, hear me out, if you've seen all other 17 MCU movies, right, and you have not seen Black Panther, you're racist, right? Because even I have seen, I don't like Doctor Strange and I don't like Ant-Man, but even i seen those movies, all right? So if, if I went and seen them, you can go see Black Panther if you're white, so... Okay, um, and look, Lady Star joined us. What's up, Star? How you doing? I'm great. How y'all doing? I, I got in right in. If you white and you ain't seen it, you racist. All right. Actually, I want to be clear. If, you, if you're if white and you've seen all other 17 MCU movies and you haven't seen Black Panther, you're racist. Got that was, that's, you got to be clear. Yeah. Wow, wow. All right, well. That's fair, but that's fair, though. Like, I, what what would be the other reason? Exactly. Because, look, there's, I don't like Doctor Strange. I don't like Ant-Man, but I watch those. I watch those. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I watch on Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I don't like those two heroes, but I watched it anyway because I needed to watch it, right? So if you watch those 17 other movies and you can't watch this one, one, one. then I got a question. Are you racist? You know? So are white people really butt hurt over this? Like I've been hearing. Actually, that. actually, most white folks love it. And Kevin Fahey, Kevin Fahey is the guy that oversees all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. He actually said that this is the best directed Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. He that's said this. He said that's the best directed. Uh, um, and you know. Um, all, all the white, all the white bloggers that I fo- that I follow, all the white um, podcasters that I follow, they have all said that it's the best Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, they, you probably have some salty white folks, you know, but I, most, but the clarion call is that it's dope, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I've cool. heard a little buzz about them being, you know, upset about it, and then not, you know, I oh well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, leave it to club. Oh well. <laughs> Hashtag oh well. <laughs> I mean hey. Alright, so so Clev, what did you think about the movie? You said to me earlier that this movie has changed quote unquote black unquote culture. So what did you mean by that? Well, um the movie has it's it's permeated uh, the culture in a way that I can't think of anything that has done it to this magnitude in a while. So vibrations are raised. Everybody is on. You know, I love being black. Um, you know, like we you got black people. Um, yes, like this is happening. I was talking to a friend today, and he was like, he had a Home Depot exchange with the woman who worked there. Like you know, they all Wakanda forever and all this. So it's like a little 
you know, secret but not secret language and the vibe that everybody is on. And so you have Danny on here right now who is like you and he describe him the resident geek. And I'm not that when it comes to this, but I am about the opportunities that we have to move the culture forward um, based around this and the momentum that is um, going as a result of this. And I think that's really great because when I went to the movie, I actually, when I watched the movie, I actually cried. And I was like, so for real, you like sitting here crying right now. But the representation on the screen, like it was, it hit me really hard. And um, with over 20 years of working with black youth and having heard children say, I hate my skin. I hate my hair. I wish I was white. I wish I was lighter. I wish I was this or that. And just being bombarded with that in the best, most regal way had me thinking about what if this is all we knew? What if this is the way that our culture had just always been and the possibilities? So now it's about the possibilities of moving forward having seen this. But it actually made me cry. And I was like, I just I was like, wow, we're doing this in the movies, okay. I feel like I'm losing my G card as I get older. Like stuff just makes me emotional. <laughs> I just want to jump in real quick and say that it wasn't it wasn't at the same magnitude as this movie, like promotional wise. But the last time I seen our people as a collective really come together in a movie mm-hmm. was when Spike Lee did Malcolm X. It was when Spike Lee did Malcolm X. Everybody, all of a sudden. Was reading autobiography of Malcolm X. Everybody, all of a sudden, was wearing Yeah, yeah, like yeah, everything. I'm not saying it's the same magnitude, but you know, because it's a lot bigger now. A lot more people. We have the internet now, so it's a lot bigger now. But that last time we were all collectively kind of like on one page was when the Malcolm X movie came out. It's uh, hella big though. That's a good point because I mean, <laughs> you know, our attire, like everything, yep, like everything, I'm much younger at that point, but um. Uh, it, I remember, like that was a yep. good time. That was a good yes, time. It was. Yep. Definitely um, raised. Yeah, well, you know what? It was a good time because we had do the right thing that had came out before then, which kind of I think that started the progress. The stage. Yeah. And then we had um, we had the Panther movie came out. Um, what was the movie that talked about Tulsa, Oklahoma, but it wasn't about Tulsa? Oh, it was um, it was uh, one with your boy Ving Rhames. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Rosewood, Rosewood, Rosewood. No, not that one. It had Mario Van Peoples. Oh, the one about the the gunslingers, the cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot the name of that. That was that was actually yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> and yeah. then we also had at the tail end of that time period, we had Boys in the Hood, um, and we had. But 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 we talking about like consciousness raising. Like, okay. like Malcolm X, like everybody, because I remember when Malcolm X came out, everybody was wearing the hats, everybody was wearing Kente claw, everybody was buying. You know, then you had, of course, you had X Clan. You know, you had, you know, Boogie Down Productions. You had all those groups. So it was that was a lot. Whole cultural, yeah, that whole cultural Milu was part yeah. of all that. But when I remember everybody going to see Malcolm X in groups. So now we weren't renting out theaters. We were renting out theaters, but we were going as groups, like class trips. Like I remember that how big that was, you know. Right. Yeah, that's true. And like you said, there was a whole paradigm. The whole culture was kind of in that place around that time. So yeah. you come back yeah. with without that. Like it just dropped in and was like, "Booyah, here we come." Um, so 
I, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in how we ride this momentum and um, we gain, we get cultural gains as a result. Because I've seen a lot of complaints with people, you know, well, we'll spend money on entertainment and we'll do this or, you know, we'll do that, but we won't do that. And I'm like, well, you know, how do we use it in an, in an advantageous way? to, um, you know, like I said, ride this wave and get the most that we can get out of this feeling that, um, you know, that the culture is in right now. That's a good, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Now, that's a good question, but it's Very also question. interesting that whenever we embrace it, we embrace it not only for the good, but we also embrace it for the playful as well. Like, for instance, I saw a post today, actually my wife read it to me, and the post said, it's amazing how N-Words will go see Black Panther three times, but haven't seen their children three times in the last month. What kind of father is that? Yeah. I thought that was... No, I mean, I mean you're going to always see... Uh, you're going to always see memes. The internet is good for that. You're going to always see memes. But I think... I think Clev posed a good question. I think that's the question we need to focus on. Like, how do we... How do we... Because here's a good example. And this is why I love that question. Like, I remember when The Different World, the sitcom, came out. Okay. Right? Matter of fact, I, ta- I take it back. I'm going to take it back even further. I remember when Spike Lee's, um, um, oh, my God, they had Lawrence Frisburn in it. Where he talked, it was about the, the frats, the fraternities and sororities at HBCU. Was that? Two days. Two days. Like, like, for a lot of people in my hood, for a lot of people in my hood, that was their introduction to HBCUs. That was introductions to frats and sorors. And I know a lot of people who went to college because of that movie. And then and then we had a different world that became a sitcom. And I know more and more people that 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 started seeking out going to HBCUs and becoming political activists, you know, because of that movie. So we asked Caleb asked the right question. How do we that same momentum with Black Panther, how do we move people to start embracing consciousness, embracing African history? Learning instead of saying I want to learn how to speak Wakandan, well, how do you speak Swahili? Or how do you speak Yoruba? Or how do you see them saying like, how do we move from this point where the feeling is good, we're feeling good, we're all rallying. Now, where do we go to the next step where we start that consciousness raising and really take take advantage of that? You know, I've had this conversation with multiple people, mm-hmm. and it always and you know, Clev, you know, Star, you're not this person. But it kind of defiles me how the people who are asking me these questions are people who aren't involved in the community. Because So what are y'all going to do next? Brother, we've been doing stuff for the last 10 years. Here's our plan for the next five years. What are you going to do next? And I can't. The what are y'all going to do next people anyway need to just be muted. Yeah, I agree. What do you mean what are y'all going to do next? Like, is this a collective issue? Unless you're asking me that so that you can assist then I mean a, they get a next too like a whatever <laughs> you're, like, oh. you're right though you're right though yeah, yeah. mute you're right. yeah 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 so you were enamored with the film I can see that of course so do you think the same way that Clev does that it's really changing the consciousness because I, I don't believe that to the same degree that I think she does Okay. No, I, I I agree with Clev a thousand percent. It really is. And um, a good the best example I could give is like my wife with her with her patterns that she does because she's a graphic designer and her patterns are they they are 
African. They are West African patterns. Like when you look at them, you know, you know. And people that are people that are in the know, they know that, right? But now she's having regular people ask her about that after seeing the movie, right? When you saw the royal court in Wakanda, the council wearing their different garb, and now they can recognize that, right? And and so that's this is where this is the opportunity. This is the end, right? Oh, you know, I kind of saw that in that movie. Well, here it is. Another example. You know that um, T'Challa, his trainer, well, uh, Chadwick Boseman's trainer was Maurice Crump, who does Capoeira, right? right? So now people are like, oh shit, that's what you do, bro. And I'm like, yeah, like that's you know, I've been doing it for years, but I'm here, you know. So that's open. I'm actually I actually got an interview tomorrow at a place that wants to hire me to teach Capoeira. So it's kind of like the opportunities wow. are the opportunities are coming there, and we just have to be. The people like us have to be ready to say, "Yo, we here. Come, come. The door's open. Come on, come on down, and let's do it." Yeah. So it's kind of like it's it's all happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, and look, shout out to Hampton. You know, Ruth Carter, who did the costume design for for um for Black Panther, is a Hamptonian. Yes, she you know is. She graduated from Hampton, right? Right. So you know, so it's like the people out there, they, and she graduated in '88. I think she graduated in your class. No, so, I graduated in 90. She was there two years before me. But I yeah, she said 88, yeah. So there you go. My bad. I didn't mean to age you. No, no. So, I had a crush on her. I had a crush on her. Oh, okay, so see? You see that connection? All that, yeah. all that connection is there, you know. But, now, so, here's the interesting thing. In her class, I might be incorrect by one year, but I think I'm right. In her class was also Pam Gregory, Dick Gregory's daughter. Oh, okay, Wow. Wow, yeah, that was that wow. was a powerful year, man. Eighty-eight. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you see what I'm yeah, saying? It was like just a powerful year, period. Like thank you. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's all it's all coming together. Like it's all we here. So now here's that opportunity for us to do that. Okay, eighty-eight, ninety-eight. Okay. Yeah. So you know, this is all that you know. You know, Ryan Cooper is a Howard alumni. You know, so it's like we can go and make those connections. Well, I'm sorry, Chadwick Bosman is a Howard alumni. So it's just like all those connections. Those people are all there. He's he's forty, you know. Chadwick Boseman is forty. He's not young, so it's like you know, all those all those connections are there. That generation is there, and it's all coming together. So I think we just have to be ready to hold that door open for folks to come in because they're gonna. There are a lot of people that want to be a part of this. You're gonna have your naysayers. You're gonna have the people that don't do anything. But I, I'm always focused on the people that want to do something. So now, see, I think that you're right in what you're saying. But I think to say that the consciousness has been raised is wrong. I think the intrigue and the interest has been raised. But, you know, Easter's coming soon. We're going to see how much <laughs> consciousness people have really developed when they start their spending habits again. Um, I think that... Well, but Seiko, is like, isn't that the opportunity for us to use this to get ahead of it? Because we know in this movement... That it's, it's like a baby steps, you know, like it's, it's not yeah. going to come swift and, you know, everybody's just going to get it really yeah. bad. So yeah. you just brought up something good. And the question is, so how do we use this in some kind of way to start thinking about these spending habits? Like, so I did this Wakanda um, Forever seven day challenge, right? Um, and I'm going to, like I put it, you saw it on Facebook, but I'm actually about to have a graphic that, you know, is more shareable that people can use. But then there could be multiple challenges. Like there could be a Wakanda Forever economic um, challenge or, you know, something like that. If this is where the thought process is and everybody is feeling that, then maybe we need to identify those things in which, 
like one thing you just said and how we can infuse this. Um, I mean, there's there's actually there's actually two Google Docs. Um, shout out to T was Q and J. They talked about it on their podcast. I, I pulled it up, but I haven't looked at it. Um, two people wrote um, lesson plans on on the, the the topics brought up in the movie when it deals with colonialism really? and slavery and all that stuff. Yeah, colorism, and they actually did a curriculum saying, okay, we talked about this in the movie. So and so in the movie said this. This is what colonialism is, and it actually gives you a list of books and sources you can do. And then also um, the same thing with the other individual. And I think that's dope. Like that's where you take advantage of it. And, and I've always, I've always tell my students that the best way to serve your people is to stay in your lane, whatever lane that you're in, that's where you help people. So if you're an educator, then you should use this to educate folks on colonialism, right? Racism, white supremacy. Like you can really talk about that. So yeah, you know, we can actually do that. All right, so you said there are lesson plans. Um, the best the best thing to do is to go to the Team with Q&J website and in their show notes for their last episode, it should be a link there to the last episode. You said T and J? Yeah, T with Q&J. Oh, like T. Okay. Yeah, T. Which is, yeah, T with Q&J. Yeah, T with Q&J, like drinking tea with Q&J. You should be able to scroll down to the late, um, latest one, the latest episode. Show notes, show notes, right there, show notes, all the way to the right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, we're going to make sure we check that out. Uh, so I, I, I think we're all saying the same thing. I'm looking at the word intrigue or interest. You're looking at the word conscious raising. But the deal is we need to make sure that we're in a position to pass on some of the resources to make sure that people can act on this interest, this conscious raising, or whatever you want to call it. One of the other things I see happening is a lot of backlash on Killmonger. Uh, And I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was there's a group of people who were using the hashtag Killmonger was right. Okay. And then there's a group of people who are saying, if you ride with Killmonger, you're actually against, you're, you're actually supporting the abuse of black women. And you know what? I agree with both sentiments. Um, number one, when I when when people say Killmonger, and I know I know they're not saying this, but when they say Killmonger was right, there's actually, um, and I'm I'm talking from a geek perspective, there's actually a hashtag that says Magneto was right, right? Uh, um, and look, I don't have a problem with people liking villains. People love Joker, right? The Joker yeah. is a social pass, right? People love the Joker. People that and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's okay for geek culture. Um, so with the Killmonger was right. I get it. Um, and coming from a geek, I think that's cool. But with the other argument, I wholeheartedly agree. Just real quick, Ryan Coogler was asked in an interview about Killmonger, and he said the way he created Killmonger was deliberate. Um, Killmonger is counter-revolutionary. Killmonger is a hater of black women. And if you look at, even if you look outside of how Killmonger was functioning, he is actually anti-everything African because he didn't even respect his ancestors enough to deal with them, right? Um, I mean, if, if he really cared about his father, he would have did what he had to do to bring him back to Wakanda to bury him, right? So, yes. Um, and and here's, here's what you got to remember. When Killmonger went into the museum and... Um, Claw killed that dude You know He seemed more concerned (laughs) 
was why he killed that guy and he did his own girlfriend you know and as as the movie progressed you learn more and more that Killmonger was more about vengeance than actually liberating African people around the world so i think when people say he's right they're looking at that at, at what he was looking to accomplish more mm-hmm. so Cause it's a nuanced character, which made it, or at least the situation is, which was what made it interesting, and that's why we're able to have this conversation and exactly. this, you know, debate and different factions about it. So I think when people are saying that, they're strictly talking about the fact that they believe that um, Wakanda had a responsibility to, you know, black people across the diaspora. I don't, I haven't encountered anybody who felt that him being disrespectful. Um, to elders killing his girlfriend or anything like that was like yeah that's great um, but it was the, the the warring ideologies there that I think people were taking sides with yeah. which, um, which and, and here's the part that bothers me we should be saying we should be saying the Kia was right. Nakia was right. Nakia was right. Nakia was right. Nakia was right. Oh, right. you should be saying Nakia was right because Nakia in the beginning of the movie when he came to save her, she was like, "Yo, we need to be helping our people." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She said, "We need we have the resources to help refugees to, you know, to promote peace, to do this, to do diplomacy, to do outreach." She said all those things, and T'Challa was like, "Nah, we good." You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so and, and ultimately at the end of the movie, he did what Nakia said. You know, so really what we should were saying is Nakia was right cuz if you listen to her in the beginning, things probably would have been different, right? 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 right. So what do you guys think about the fact that reality has shown us with, with history? So so I, I, I agree that Wakanda, you know, should not, that, that they should care about other black people outside of Wakanda. But then mm-hmm. there's this reality that is true. When you let other people in, when you start letting them in, your society does decline. Um, I think that the statement that the um, the uh, the Rhino brother made when he said, "When you let the refugees in, you let in the refugees' problems." I think that was potent. I think that was really deep. And, and let me just let me just throw in some geek stuff, in the, which is why I love this movie so much. In the comic book, this debate is brought up over and over and it over is. and over again. Matter of fact, matter of fact, in the in the seventies, T'Challa was a teacher in Harlem. Right, right. And people threw him in his face all the time. They were like, "Why aren't you helping black people out here?" Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Storm. They, he married Storm. They all have brought this up to him a lot. And the previous Black Panthers, they all had a policy of isolationism. And T'Challa is the first one to actually move away from that policy of isolationism, right? And in the comic book. T'Challa actually suffered because of that because there was a lot of factions in Wakanda who didn't like his policy of reaching out to everybody or having a more internationalist policy. And at one point, he lost the throne and his his sister Shuri took over. Right, right. And later on, even the ancestors denied T'Challa. Yes, yes. You know, the ancestors were like, you are not a, you are not a, a son of mine. You are no longer a child of Wakanda. That actually happened to him. So that that debate has always been in the comic books that they've never helped you know um, black people around the world and they had the resources that his isolationist policy was 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 bankrupt. So that's something that's always been in the comics, and I appreciated that they brought it into the movies. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, the story behind Black Panther in all its different iterations has always been multi-layered, deep, and has really dealt with a lot of struggle. But it, uh, I, I take issue when I see like this Bossip article. You love Killmonger at the expense of Black women because Killmonger in the film killed everybody. He talked about killing uh, Afghanistan's and um, Iranians and uh, other Africans. And you know he killed for America, and now he was killing for something he was interested in killing for. He killed people for money. He he was a he killed everybody. So to say that he was misogynistic or he hated black women to me is a bit of a stretch. Now I realize I'm still growing. So <laughs> I mean I didn't see it that way either, Seiko. And I'm very much a black woman. Um, so more than I am. Much I'm more falling I am. more along the line. With you, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know all the history of the comic book, but if you yeah. go by the movie, then I took it the same way that you well, took Killmonger, it. Killmonger in the comic book was worse. Killmonger in a comic book was way worse. Times, way worse, right? But but let me say this. Let me, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Clev. Um, when we look at a lot of our revolutionary leaders, when we look at, and look, I love Huey Newton. Huey Newton is my hero. Huey yeah, Newton. I know where you're going. Huey Newton mistreated the black women in his life yeah. right I mean he he I, and I'm saying mistreatment is a lack of a better term um Eldridge Cleaver was a rapist right I mean and I mean and, woman, and, and, you gotta and, look past a lot of that like, but hold on but hold on but hold on but hold on when we say when we say that we are revolutionaries right 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 and I don't consider myself a revolutionary right but if we say that we are revolutionaries if we say that we are going to liberate ourselves from the oppressor, we do that with the understanding that all of us are liberated and I am not going to take the place of the oppressor, right? Now, going back to going back to Magneto, right? The problem with Magneto, remember, he, he grew up in, in the concentration camps, right? But and there were moments in his career where he was just as bad as Nazis, meaning he killed men, women, and children, right? So... What Killmonger is represent, and Killmonger even says it in the movie. He says, "We gonna kill them. We gonna kill their children. We will kill everybody that 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 supports them." Right. So we have to be real careful when we say, you know, if we're gonna go on struggle, let's do on struggle, but let's not take the place of the oppressor. And a lot of our there's a really good book by Dr. Bell Hooks called "Read Real Cool," and it's called it's about black masculinity. Mm-hmm. And she deconstructs how a lot of our leaders, right, were just wanted to do, they just wanted black supremacy, meaning they wanted just men to be in charge, right? A good example of that would be when we discuss the civil rights movement, right? When we talk about the civil rights movement or the black freedom rights struggle, we talk about black power, most of the time we're discussing black men when most of the ranks of that struggle was black women, Right? But black men get all the accolades. Black men get all the, we only talk about them. So we have to be real, so so to be, and then look, Ryan Coogler, the director of the film, director of the film, said, yes, that's what Killmonger represents. He said that. So it's not even something that happened by accident. That was a deliberate in the writing, right? That's who Killmonger is. And, you know, again, Killmonger's idea of our struggle, I think that's a legitimate legitimate um, um, discussion we should be you know in some, in some cases it has to go down like that right but 
we shouldn't be the oppressor. We shouldn't be committing genocide, right? Because if we're killing men, if we're killing women and children, we're committing genocide. If I'm if I'm neglecting the ancestors and trampling on the on all their stuff, all their traditions, then we might as well just be white people in blackface. And so I agree with that. And again, I'm I'm saying that I don't think I I didn't encounter anybody who liked Killmonger. Okay. Like that aspect of him. Mm-hmm. I think people just didn't get in depth enough about the fact it was the ideology. And I think yes, yes. people were saying the the two different factions were saying. And so again, I'm not a comic book person, so I don't know the depths of Killmonger like that from the movie. I didn't get all of that what you're saying. Well, he killed, well, I mean, he killed his girlfriend, though. I mean, he killed his girlfriend, like, though. though. Okay, he killed a lot of people. Like, no, but, but hold on. But he, killed, but he killed his he killed his girlfriend, though. But he killed people, period. No, but hold on. But hold on. But he killed his girlfriend, though. Anybody. I didn't feel it was just black women. I felt like this was a rogue guy. He, but he killed, but we've seen him, we, but we've seen him kill his girlfriend, though. But, but, but again, also, so we just have to agree to disagree on that. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying if I'm just saying that if I if I know that if I claim to be a revolutionary and I and I kill my and y'all see me kill my girlfriend, I feel you. Like I understand. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Um, I'm not trying to um, justify him being in special forces because I kind of feel like he had to go through that training. I kind of feel like he had to go through that, but he killed his girlfriend though. <laughs> His girlfriend was on his side. His girlfriend was on his side. His, his girlfriend was on his. His girlfriend was after him. You know. And he only and then, killed her. But he killed her. What? He didn't give a damn. She was in the line of fire. Anybody who was in the path of what he was I think to accomplish, I took it as they were going to be like they was going to take So you know, I didn't see that as specifically targeting black women. But to speak to what you said in totality, you know, outside of that Killmonger character as a black woman. I agree with that because so many of the people that we put up as heroes, it's like women have to put aside a bunch yeah, yeah. that they've done. Even as a lover of hip hop music throughout my life, you know, that, I mean, so I'm very familiar with the territory that you're talking about, mm-hmm. but specifically with Killmonger, I just felt like that dude was like anybody who is in the way of what I'm trying to get in, um, accomplished, you can get. So you can be a black woman, a black man. Uh, you know, black child, a white, whatever, like anybody in his path was going to get it. And that's how I took that. And that was the aspect of him, like a misguided, a person with a lot of hurt and anger who is try- like, he wouldn't have been able to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish anyway, because he did not have a, a plan, a cool head, any kind of rationality. He was moving off of emotion and he had an agenda. Um, but I just moving off of training. black women specific. He was moving off of training because he did what every uh, deconstructor that's been trained by the government, he did exactly what deconstructors, he went there, he destroyed the resources, he took over, he destroyed the resources, then he released, you know, the resources, you know, the weapons. So he destroyed the resources, he started his agenda. And if it wasn't for T'Challa coming back, then he would have continued with his agenda. I'm, I'm going to disagree with that on a fictional level, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> because I, here, here you go. Here's another, here's, another, here's another fictional character. Here's another fictional character that worked for the U.S. government. Uh, Chuck Freeman. Okay, you got me, Tim. You got me. The spook who sat by the door. Oh! <laughs> right? Right? Okay. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. 
I don't fully agree with him. Like, I'm not saying that. The only thing I'm saying is I didn't see his um, issues to be black woman specific. I feel like he had issues with everybody that was in his in the way of what he wanted to um, accomplish. That's all I'm saying. I don't agree um, with, with, with so all when he slit, when he slit Shorty's throat, he was smiling. He what? He was smiling when he slit Shorty's throat. No, I'm. Oh my gosh, you are. Go back and see that. Go back and see that scene when that Dora Milaje that said Wakanda forever, and he yeah. slit her throat. Yeah, He's yeah. smiling like he, like Kool Aid smile. But like too late smile. Go back and see it, man. Uh, Go back and see it, yo. If he was killing men or other people that he didn't get pleasure out of, I think he was he's demented in a way. So I I don't know. I don't know. We could see somebody I see somebody moving a go pose, but yeah, I guess. (laughs) I guess. I guess. I mean, you know. Hey look, look, look. You know, we have we have four minutes left on my free Zoom. I'm using the Zoom platform, so you have four minutes left. Ah, so we talked about where do we go from here? We talked about was Killmonger a misogynist, and we talked about how much we love the film. What's the last word you want to leave our listeners with? Okay. Um, definitely pick up um, Roxanne Gay's. She did a series called World of Wakanda, and it, and it deals with Dormit Laje specifically. And it's a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, Marvel canceled it. So you get it on trade paperback. Um, please pick up um, the latest issue of Black Panther number one, which comes out next week, uh, by, written by Tana Hesse Coates. Um, and it's going to talk about how Wakanda actually has a planet called Bost. So, yes, yes, yes. Do that. Mm-hmm. Star. And so I'm dropping the Wakanda um, Forever Seven Day Challenge. And there's some things that we can do um, as a result of this movie um, and just putting it a part of our, our daily lives. Like if, if we're all hype about, I've seen all these posts, I'm so proud of being black and I feel great to be black. So it's some basic things that I think our culture could look at, um, you know, and it's, it's a simple challenge, but I think it's things that get overlooked a lot. And even some of the things in the challenge deal with um, how black men and women are going to interact with one another. So, um, Take the challenge when I drop that. You can find it on my Facebook and Instagram page, Star Armstrong on Facebook, Star underscore underscore Armstrong on Instagram. And also just keep thinking of creative, innovative ways that we ride this movie, like get ahead of it. And like you said about Easter coming up. So now the thought process is if we're talking about economics, how do we tie this this movement into that, a way that it translates for the things that need to happen. We have a phenomenal thing going on right here. And, you know, just take this energy and 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 use it for constructive ways to move our culture forward. Use that Kumba, because I'm always like Kwanzaa 365, yes, yes, not just yes. in December. So yeah. um, get that, get those principles out right now. And the, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Um, well, you know what? I don't have anything to say because you guys have said everything I wanted to say. I, uh, I'm i so glad that I got the chance to see this movie and I cried as well. Um, I cried because I felt my father looking down and saying, Oh, man. Oh, man, brother. You know? And uh, when he said, uh, T'Chaka said, a man who hasn't prepared his children 
you know, for his death, isn't really a good father. Whatever term he said. He said it, yep. Yep. Um, I thought about your dad too, man. When he said that, I thought about your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that made me, because my I father sat me down and said, these are the things you need to do with the family when I'm gone. And so that just really kind of touched me. Um, and it was also kind of interesting that, did you notice that the uh, the old, the elder, there was an elder sister, she was a queen or a king in one of the, uh, one of the tribes or one of the ethnic groups. She had a Coptic cross on. Yep. Yep, the one from the Merchant Tribe, yeah. Right, right. The one from the Merchant Tribe, yep. What's blowing me away, because I have a lot of my uh, fellow Christians who are tripping because, you know, the the Bast goddess and Black Panther, and they felt like there was no representation. So we got the LGBTQIA who were upset because there wasn't representation. And then Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of other Christians who were saying, well, they didn't represent us. And I was like, you didn't see it? It was right there. She had it on a chip all the time. so I think yep. that a lot of us need to go back and look at the movie again because it's so deep and it's so time multi layered. There's a lot that we missed. It's a lot. Yep. It's a lot. Uh, I just can't lot. wait to see Shuri become king. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's and there's it. actually a comic book for that. Other Jonathan Mayberry, she is the queen of yep. Wakanda. Yep. There is. Yep. yep. And, Cla- and there's another series called Claws of the Panther. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and I was really interested at the very end, after the second credit thing, when they showed uh, T'Challa's big brother. And I had told my son, I was like, look, uh, T'Challa has a big brother. He's a white guy. He was adopted. He's like, no, actually, 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 the end credits, that's the Winter Soldier. Okay, so, so I had Captain to- America, so Captain America, that's the Winter Soldier. Because remember, at the end of the Civil, at the end of the Civil War, they took him to Wakanda to cure him. That's why Shuri said, oh, that's what she said, you brought me the broken white boy. Yeah, the fix, yep. Okay. Yep. So I that's when the soldier. What was, what was T'Challa's older brother, who was the white guy that T'Challa... He had an older brother that his... Yeah, he had an older brother that his father adopted, mm-hmm. who his father made in charge of the war dogs. And they called him White Wolf. White Wolf. Yeah. White Wolf. So yeah, they called him White Wolf, yep. Yeah, but I was just yeah. geeking out. So, hey, look, uh, Dan Trez and Star, it was good to have you on the call tonight on the Fly Guy podcast. We said some dope stuff, and uh, we got to keep this moving. We're kind of forever. All right, peace. Yeah. Wow. All right, peace, y'all. Peace. 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 Award-winning producer Raheem Shabazz continues the Elementary Genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Stay fly, 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 stay fly.